3: Hello and welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. We are a day closer to the start of NCAA Sweet 16 games on Thursday night. I can't wait. I'm excited. It's missing just one thing, and that is Indiana. Uh, Really a local team. Louisville, Kentucky, not there. Purdue, number one seeded Purdue, not there. So the Big Ten Conference, just one team left, as we talked about a lot yesterday, Michigan State. So not the local interest or the Big Ten interest that maybe you would hope for at this time of year, but I do think we've got good games coming up this weekend. It's always a fun time, and uh, looking forward to the women as well. Even though the IU women are out, going to continue to keep an eye on the NCAA Women's Tournament and take in some of those games as well. That has really grown on me in recent years. I'd say the last two or three seasons, I probably have watched the Women's Final Four and National Championship game more than what I ever have. And Of course, with Indiana being good in addition to Louisville, it just makes it better for our area, So we do have a lot of basketball coming up. State championships at the high school level this week as well. And we're in that part of the season now where it's postseason for IU. So any day, and I'm guessing here, you could hear something about the transfer portal, whether it's somebody leaving or whether it's even somebody coming. There's, it seems like if you follow certain accounts on social media, every few minutes there's a new college basketball player that has entered the transfer portal as, as as of these last few days. And it seems clear that we are heading to a very, very busy spring of players entering the portal. I, I don't think there's any question this year has a chance to be a new record as far as number of players that enter the portal and are looking to make a change here in this offseason. A lot of postseason honors I would expect coming up for Trace Jackson Davis as well which is well-deserved. And then another thing to keep an eye on is, you know, what's the situation with Jalen hood Um, I haven't, because of how busy things are during the season, really have not paid a ton of attention to where he's at in lottery picks and NBA draft projections and those things. But that will really heat up as well, especially as we get into April uh, and get closer to the draft itself. So I think that in coming weeks we'll find out a little bit about this Indiana roster for next season. Uh, I think there's already been a number of names that Indiana has been mentioned with as far as names in the transfer portal that are very interesting. And I think that everybody expects Indiana to be one of the very active teams in the conference, in the portal. I saw Jamison Battle of Minnesota. He's entered the transfer portal. It's always kind of interesting to check the other Big Ten schools. It seemed like last year there were some big Uh, departures and also some big gains by Big Ten schools really right away as their seasons came to an end. And so we'll follow that this year. Always interesting as well, will there be any inter, or I guess the word would be intra-conference transfers between each other uh, via the transfer portal or via the graduate transfer portal as well. So all fun fun things to watch, uh, but if we're paying a lot closer attention to those things, Unfortunately, it means the the IU basketball seasons, both the men's uh, and women's, are over. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey-Baked Ham in New Albany, Segment 1. Coming up here in moments, we'll take a look at our headlines for the day. Uh, A couple things regarding the transfer portal to get to. And we'll also look at the Thursday-Friday Sweet 16 games uh, as far as the best games. And I'll tell you what other people think or have written and then maybe get Justin and I's thoughts here in just a second on that as well. Later in the show, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star will join, Uh, get his thoughts on the end of the IU basketball seasons. Uh, Dustin is the Pacers beat writer now for the Star. He's actually going to come to us from Toronto, where he's there for a Raptors-Pacers game. Uh, But he's going to join us here in just a bit to talk IU basketball and more. And then later in the show, you know, Wednesday, we also focus on local sports with Josh Cook. He's the sports editor of the News and Tribune. And so, unfortunately, we don't really have a local angle on the IHSA state championship games this weekend. But we will preview them briefly with Josh. And it's hard to believe but baseball is basically and softball and a lot of spring sports basically underway Tonight, someone told me the New Albany Jeff baseball teams have their official scrimmage. I believe it is this evening at Burke Field in New Albany. So it's hard to believe that this week is a lot of the scrimmages for high school baseball teams. Next next week officially starts the beginning of the regular season. And I know that just based on what I've seen, New Albany and Jeff and Floyd Central uh, all rated In the top 25 of the prep baseball report poll. I haven't seen any of the other rankings out so far this year, but that's kind of par for the course in 4A. Those schools always seem to be somewhere in the upper echelon of schools in Indiana. Then Silver Creek has been great in baseball. Providence has been really strong. It's just been a great baseball area. So let's hope that continues and uh, we get into some of these rivalry games in the first few weeks of the season in some cases. And so it's just hard, really hard to transition at least for me, and start getting heavy on baseball at this time of year. But uh, it is what it is. And, uh, again, high school teams are out from a basketball standpoint, and uh, Indiana seasons are over, so it's time to move ahead on to other things. And, obviously, we enjoy keeping an eye on local sports, especially high school baseball. So we'll get into some of that with Josh today, kind of an early look at baseball here in the area as well that's the show lineup a service of honey baked ham in new albany don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered you can dine in take them to go and curbside service is still available as well at honey baked ham in new albany if you uh, are looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction right now at thornton's all 32 ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents you heard it right Only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Don't forget the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. And we've had great response, uh, especially the last couple days. Keep those texts coming in. Questions, comments, really about any subject you want to talk about, especially now that the IU seasons are over. We'll get it on the air uh, again, the number 502-414-1450, save it in your phone. And, uh, that is the Thornton's text line. Let's get into some headlines for today. Uh, a name to know via the transfer portal, uh, that Indiana has been mentioned with that would make sense. And I'm going to do my best at pronouncing, at pronouncing this Kawasi Reeves, I believe is how you say the name. He is from Florida and he is somebody that, uh, played for the Gators this past season. Basically coming off the bench, he averaged just over 19 minutes a game. He was averaging 8.5 points per game, 2.6 rebounds per game, and shooting 37.7% from the field. So again, uh, keep uh, Indiana, or keep uh, Reeves's name in mind when it comes to Indiana in some early transfer portal activity. He's had a lot of schools interested Louisville joining Indiana, a few other Big Ten schools, really a ton of schools from across the country. It is amazing to me when these names hit the transfer portal uh, how quick that some of these players are able to tell you uh, who they've heard from and who they're interested in and just amazing how this process works. But uh, definitely a name, uh, Kowasee Reeves Jr. from Florida, and it looks like he is uh, working on an in-home visit this week with Mississippi State and planning to take a campus visit to Georgia Tech as well. Uh, And he has already had in-home visits with Boston College, uh, but has interests from North Carolina, Indiana, and again, a slew of schools from across the country interested in him. And again, uh, he's from Macon, Georgia, but just one of many names that we are going to be talking about as far as the transfer portal goes. From a Big Ten perspective, um, Jamison Battle, last week from minnesota entered the transfer portal i was looking a number of minnesota players have entered the transfer portal right away on march 13th uh, Jaden henley and trayton thompson both of minnesota hit the portal and then battle and talon cooper on march 16 so four minnesota players already in the transfer portal looking to leave coach ben johnson's program other big ten players in the portal so far it's been pretty slow but that Uh, can be standard at times. Jalen Miller of Rutgers has hit the portal. Ike Cornish from Maryland. Isaiah Barnes of Michigan. And uh, Sky Clark, of course, probably the biggest name along with battle to hit the portal. He's already committed. He announced basically, I think all in a day or two, that he was leaving Illinois and that uh, Louisville would be his next destination, one of the big pickups that Louisville, who's been very active so far, in the portal and with recruiting making some real roster changes for next season which is interesting to see for coach Kenny Payne as he gets ready for year number two but will there be or when will the first IU activity hit this list and uh, I think it's just a matter of time I think every school will have players that come and players that go that's just part of the uh, part of the landscape right now in college basketball and it sure looks like it's going to be something that stays around for a while. Good news for Trace Jackson Davis, and I expect that we'll, we'll have a number of these reports here over the coming weeks, but he is one of four finalists for the 2023 Jersey Mike's Naismith Trophy winner. The other three finalists, Zach Eady of Purdue, Jalen Wilson of Kansas, and Drew Timmy of Gonzaga. And interestingly enough, of the four finalists, only Timmy and his Gonzaga Bulldogs are still alive in the NCAA tournament. So uh, great for Trace to be in that uh, echelon of players. Don't necessarily expect him to win that award, but just to be on the list with some of those elite guys is big for him and I think tells you the respect that he has across the country. Scott May won that award, the Naismith Player of the Year uh, Award, back in 1976, and then Calbert Cheney, the most recent Hoosier, to win the Naismith Player of the Year honor. And, of course, Calbert did that back in 1993 at the conclusion of that season. So just one of many postseason accolades for Trace Jackson Davis as we see what's next for him. We know he's not coming back to Bloomington. He announced that at, you know, near the end of the season, uh, I think maybe on senior day or after senior day. Uh, But what is next for him as far as the NBA and professional basketball and just going to be interesting to see his next moves. And you can bet one thing, no matter what his next situation is, he is always going to have the support of this IU fan base. He is a player that is, I think, even though maybe you could say Indiana had some shortcomings here in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, he is very respected uh, by the IU fan base. That is for sure. Looking at Sweet 16 games coming up Thursday and Friday night. According to CBS Sports, they have the best game. It's from the West. It's second-seeded UCLA against the number three seed, Gonzaga Bulldogs. That's a Thursday late-night matchup, 9:39 tip-off on Thursday night. And I'll bring Justin Kalin in, the producer of the show, to talk a little bit about Sweet 16 and maybe some Elite Eight potential matchups as well. And Justin, I'm I'm looking forward to UCLA and Gonzaga, but I'll be interested, or I'll be honest. There's a number of games, uh, other games that I'm interested in that weren't as ranked as highly by CBS as as others. I think Kansas State and Michigan State could be really good because Izzo has the Spartans playing great. Kansas State. I think is an interesting team to watch. But Michigan State, can they continue on? And I also really like the Texas-Xavier matchup as well uh, out of the Midwest. But your take on best Sweet 16 games coming up, Thursday and Friday, is there one that stands out to you or a couple couple storylines specifically that you'll be following?
1: Yeah, I think it's got to be Gonzaga-UCLA. That's two teams I haven't really believed in all season. Um, so anxious to see who comes out of that. But, yeah, you mentioned the other two on Thursday I'm really looking forward to. Michigan State-Kansas State should be electric. And then I'm really looking forward to the Arkansas-UConn game as well. I'm anxious to see if that Arkansas storyline can keep going, if Musselman will take his shirt off one more time. In this tournament, if they can get the big win over Yukon. Florida Atlantic, Tennessee should be a whole lot of fun as well. A lot of people just have Tennessee running away with that one, but I think the Owls can hang tough in that one. And then when you look at the Friday slate, Alabama, San Diego State doesn't really do anything for me. Alabama should should smack them pretty good. I, I'm I'm anxious to see if Miami can give Houston a run. Is what I'm really looking forward to because if they play like they did against Indiana, perhaps just a little bit better than that, I think they can knock off Houston. So, and then of course we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Princeton. I, I hope more than anything they knock off Creighton. I, I just love to see a high seed like a 15 go into the Elite Eight and potentially further.
3: I got to tell you, I was headed to Houston and Miami as far as your opinion there next because obviously Miami knocked out the Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a tough game for IU fans. Do you pull for Miami, the team that knocked out your men's and women's team basically in a period of 24 hours, uh, both from their respective tournaments, or do you pull for Houston, who's a number one seed, who's had a lot of success in recent seasons under former IU coach Kelvin Sampson, who obviously brought some shame to the program, and there's always that "what if" factor. Uh, if he had not gotten in trouble and was still the Indiana coach, where this program could be or might be, that's kind of a hard one, I think, for Indiana fans to determine who to pull for.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about that. You never want to, you never want to cheer for the team that beat you unless you have the mindset of, well, if they keep going and going and going, we could say we lost to one of the best teams in the tournament. But yeah, you got the Calvin Kelvin Sampson thing. On the other side of, of it, where I think about that all the time, Matt. Admittedly, I think about where Indiana would be if Kelvin Sampson did not have to go through all that and Indiana didn't have to go through all that. So it is tough. But me personally, I'll be cheering for Houston. I don't care about all that. We got beat by the best team stuff. I, I just want to see Miami out of the tournament.
3: understand. Justin Kalen with us here in the opening segment. We are up against a commercial break, and we've got Dustin Dopierak Uh, ready to come on with us as well. So we'll step aside to a quick break. We'll come back with more IU and I'm sure a little NCAA tournament talk as well with Dustin. Maybe even get into the Pacers as well, which we don't have time to do during the college basketball season. So stay with us for that. You're listening to a Wednesday edition of the Report with Matt Denison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for
4: all the small schools who never had a chance to get here.
0: Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
3: And we're back on this Wednesday program. A reminder, the Thornton's text line is open That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star with us from the Great North. He's in Toronto, Canada for uh, covering the Pacers for the Star, and he's with us right now to talk some IU basketball, NCAA tournament basketball. We might even hit the Pacers as well if we've got time. Dustin, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. Uh, it's uh, not a great week. It's the the week where we prepare for the off season, uh, with both IU men and women out of the tournament as of Sunday and Monday night, respectively. So, kind of to open it up to you, as I have some of the other guests this week, can you reflect back uh, or on this season, the ups and the downs, and where you think IU basketball is headed from here?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to just start and get it out of the way with the women. Obviously, they just had a fantastic season. It's it's just. The brutality of this uh, tournament being single elimination is just, just, you know, you don't even have to have a bad game. You just have to have a bad, you know, bad possession. Or not even a bad possession. Somebody just has to hit a shot at the wrong time and you're out. Um, and, you know, that kind of washes away uh, a, a year's worth of work. And, and those, you know, those, those women were terrific, uh, obviously, just, uh, and Grace Burger, McKen- and Mackenzie Holmes obviously going to play on, but Grace Burger has just had a phenomenal career. it's a shame to see them like that. But again, I, I don't think uh, it's important. To to when everybody gets a minute to sit back and think about this, to reflect on just how much they accomplished, and you know that uh, you know the the the, the tournament is this way because it's entertaining, um, but it is not fair. (laughs) Uh, It is basically it's supposed to be wild, it's supposed to be bad, and, and part of that. Is eliminating really really good teams that uh, that deserved and earned better, um, but you know that's that's part of the deal is the upsets and it's, it's you know one time only. Um, but I don't, you shouldn't look at that as, as a way to kind of uh, you know just um, dispatch something that uh, what was built in all those in, in all that time, multiple years really with, with that program. As far as the men were concerned, I mean this is sort of about where I I, I would have thought that they would have ended up. Uh, you know when the season started, I mean I, I would I would have thought that they would win. That uh, they would have a chance to be in the Sweet 16, and they, you know, they obviously were one game away. They didn't play particularly well in that game, but they were capable of being a Sweet 16 team. Um, and obviously, you know, we're at least competitive in the Big Ten. had a, had a crack at it. Obviously, Purdue, I think, obviously had a better regular season than a lot of people expected. But I mean, you know, Trace had a phenomenal year. You know, first team All American, Jalen Huchefino uh, basically proved himself worthy of being a lottery pick, probably at least a first round pick. Um, and, you know, I, but I think, uh, obviously you had to look around and say that there were guys that did not make the same leaps that maybe we thought they would. I mean, we spent all, a lot of the offseason talking about a lot of guys that were just okay, uh, this offseason. And, and when we were penciling and, okay, like, what's the ceiling for these guys, we imagined a lot better. Um, and so obviously now those are the guys that are, uh, sort of the key pieces of the program now going forward, presuming they stay. Um, so I think obviously a lot was accomplished this season for the men. Um, but, only so, only so much, and they are in a position where a lot of guys have to get a lot better and fast for them to, you know, just maintain this pace and not take a, a significant step back next year.
3: Talking with Dustin Dopeyak of the Indianapolis Star, you know, it's going to be interesting because this time last year, when the IU season came to an end, there was a series of, I guess you'd call them, announcements. Uh, a lot of it starting with the fact that Trace Jackson Davis would return. And I know it was some months after the conclusion of the season that we officially found that out. But there just was a series of announcements that happened over the course of time that really seemed to blow up a balloon of excitement, to be quite honest. And that possibility, unless it comes from players right now that we really don't know who they are from the transfer portal, that possibility for some of these guys to return, we already know Trace is not. And it's likely that Jalen hood Chofino is headed to the NBA, whether, as you mentioned, it's a lottery pick or at least a first-round pick. So I guess it's hard to know what the roster will look like next season until you know who's departing and then names that Indiana is involved with. But this offseason is definitely going to have a different feel from last. And last was one that was filled with hope and it was filled with excitement and it was ultimately filled with a lot of good news on who was returning or who was coming for Indiana?
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't think, you uh, don't want to get too dour about this. I and mean, you do have, a, I think, a couple promising freshmen coming in, and Ja'Kai Newton uh, and Gabe Cups. And, and there is talent coming back. If, if everybody comes back, if, if, you know, Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo and Trey Galloway, and, and I mean, I'm sure Trey Galloway is, I don't even know why I even mentioned that, but. Um, you know there are going to be pieces, but yeah, obviously it was a different story last year because you did have Malik. They signed Malik Renew in there. You know Jordan Geronimo announced that he was going to come back, and you get Ray Thompson. You know both of those guys said they were they were going to come back, and you thought, okay, well, you know all right, this, this this roster is going to be in pretty good shape. Um, and so yeah, there's not going to be there's not really that potential for that. I mean, I just I I'm, cannot imagine trade deciding. Uh, he's already said what he's going to do. I can't imagine him going back on that and decide. Ah, I, I think I need a fifth year. Uh, I I can't fathom it. Um, but you know, there there are some pieces there, and you know, you never know what you're going to get out of the portal. Uh, and and the portal can change your team. You know, we we've seen that already with a lot of teams that have gotten a lot better. And at least you know, I mean, I don't think you're going to sit there this summer thinking at any point, well, Indiana might win the Big Ten. You know, this might be a national championship caliber team if everything breaks right. Uh, whereas last year, I mean, you were thinking more that again, I was thinking ultimately this is kind of where they belonged was, you know, that they, they could be a Sweet 16 team that they were going to be a safe tournament team that a 4-5 or five seed made sense. Um, but you could allow yourself to the dream. They're like, okay, if everything goes right, maybe, uh, you know, th- these sorts of things are possible. You're probably not going to have that kind of ceiling to look at. But that doesn't mean there's nothing. And I think it's still important to, you know, to, to continue the mo- momentum, at least keep it positive. Uh, you know, for for Mike Woodson, basically, going, you know, as they go into election the the, this next year. The, the, to be able to, to you know, to, to, just, to, just to get in the tournament. I mean, I think that would be really important. If they can find a way just to get in, even if they lose in the first round, just to maintain some level of competitiveness. win 20-some games, uh, would be a big deal. And, obviously, I think it's going to require, you know, guys out of the pool to get there. Uh, I don't know that this roster pulls it off for you at this point, And, obviously, I think... Uh, some guys were really going to need to step up. The guys that, that didn't necessarily make a leap this year need to make a leap by next year um, and be ready to be go-to guys. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be—it's not going to be dour. I don't think there are still players there. There are still guys that they have got reason to, to have hope in, and, and I think Wilson's going to hit the portal and hit it hard. And he's going to get some players that are going to excite, excite some people.
3: All right, uh, somebody just sent me a, a tweet. I don't know the source here, but. It uh, mentions that Indiana associate head coach Kenya Hunter could be a candidate for the job at I guess it's at Buffalo. Uh, he obviously <clears throat> appears to be a real solid addition, or really a keep for Mike Woodson on his staff. So I guess I've forgotten for a moment, but when you get to the postseason and you've got solid assistant coaches uh, with reputations at this point, uh, you know you it's not just players you're trying to guard from the portal, but it also at times can be coaches that might get other opportunities, especially like someone uh, with Kenya Hunter's resume, where he's been, who he's helped, who he's worked under, and being an associate head coach at a high major program in the Big Ten, he's he's going to be a candidate for certain mid-major jobs that might come open.
4: No, certainly. He's absolutely under understand- time. He's done, done so much, I think, to build. Uh, that team, you know, it's had so much to do with so many of the important guys uh, that they've landed, um, and you know, it's just been, been a great recruiter and it's just been a, a really respected voice uh, from everything we can tell. So, yeah, know at some point those guys got to get a crack at it someplace. It usually starts at the mid to well major level, uh, and you work your way up. But I mean, he's certainly done enough uh, to get a shot at it, and that means you know, Mike Woods has got to be back uh, looking around for you know for assistance. And he's done, you know, uh, he, he's done pretty well at it in the past. But, you know, just, just finding guys that fit, fit those roles. Um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, promoting Brian Walsham, he, he does have to, I guess, you know, get more of a sense of, uh, you know, who's out there. Um, because I think, you know, but you would think that he's kind of expanded his role of X, if you will. Not that anybody has a role of X anymore. Um, but, uh, that he has, he has gotten to know some college assistants as opposed to all the NBA guys he's already known. Um, but to be able to fill those kinds of jobs. So, yeah, that's uh, certainly that's a product of having a good program, a program that's winning, is that, uh, you know, people get opportunities on, on the basis of what they've done for your program. And, you know, ultimately, if you're a good head coach, you want your assistant coaches to be head coaches.
3: Absolutely. Dustin, I know we got to let you go. You're in Toronto mm-hmm. for the Pacers game, but uh, can you give us a, a lay of the land there as you uh, as you exit today, what's going on with the Pacers?
4: Yeah, I've got to find out if uh, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be available. I mean, Questionable on the injury report as of last night. I'm trying to sneak in there to shoot around. Hopefully, they're uh, dragging along a little bit longer. It took, took me a minute to get out of here. Um, but uh, so, find out if he's going to play, find out if Chris Duarte is going to play. Ben Masson was available on Monday. Uh, you know, significant game. Charlotte was a bad loss. Uh, you know, they, they were you know, go up 40 to 22 in the first quarter and then really faded. Big problems with turnovers. Uh, that was really, I think, a wasted opportunity to be a team that's. That's already uh, bound for the lottery. That's already been eliminated from from postseason. Uh, you know, their failure to win that game I think was significant. Toronto is, is a team that uh, they you know they need to at least you know be able to compete with because they're one of the teams that's going to be probably in that playing round as well. Um, so the Pacers could really use a win here just to get back on track. And if they have Tyrese, obviously they always are, always have a chance. So uh, we'll see if he's going to be available. I know that Rick Carlisle would said it was going to be a while, but he's back. The fact he's questionable suggests that there's a shot. Uh, tonight, so we'll see if that's the case, and uh,
3: we'll go from that. All right, enjoy Toronto, and thanks for the chat in the middle of your day.
4: Will do, thanks so much for having
3: me, Matt. All right, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, he's with us Wednesdays on the show. One thing I did not get to bring up with Dustin, because he's crunched for <clears throat> time today, but I am interested to see what happens, is Micah Shrewsbury, I know a lot of discussion about him last week as he led Penn State to a, a great season, and really... Emerged as a candidate that would have some additional opportunities ahead of him outside of Penn State. It looks like that he is choosing between remaining the head coach at Penn State, which I think there's something to be said about building up your own deal, and also potentially coming back to our state and being the head coach at Notre Dame. So I haven't seen anything that lists when he's going to make a decision, but it does seem like uh, it is possible that that is one or the other. Penn State, or Notre Dame, and it it sounds like Penn State has been in negotiations with Shrewsbury, not just recently, but for the last couple months. And so I'm sure that with the recent success and with other schools coming after him and his name being mentioned so often, that uh, that uh, leverage uh, in contract negotiations has probably taken another step up here over the last three or four days. Uh, I do see a report here in front of me now that was put out, Uh, yesterday that said he was expected to decide in the next 36 hours or so but a lot of reports out there I saw John Rothstein yesterday afternoon saying that Micah Shrewsbury has emerged as the primary candidate for the vacancy at Notre Dame from a Big Ten perspective I would hate to see Coach Shrews uh, exit the conference I think it's great when the Big Ten has Wonderful coaches, and it only just makes all the matchups from top to bottom in the conference even better. But from an Indiana perspective, if you're an Indiana fan, uh, getting him out of the conference and getting him into the ACC, at least for now, with Notre Dame, uh, is probably a good thing. I also like the fact, just as an Indiana fan of our state, that he's back in the Hoosier State again, recruiting guys from northern Indiana, southern Indiana, and throughout the state. Obviously, that could. Uh, be an issue for Indiana there from a recruiting perspective as well but he's a bright guy and if he does go to Notre Dame who's to say that Notre Dame's not in the Big 10 conference when all the uh football deals and television stuff begins and you know there's lots of rumors about that it's kind of been put on on hold it seems for now but uh ultimately will would uh, will Notre Dame enter the Big 10 or the SEC I think the the Big Ten makes a lot of success, not just for football, but for all sports as well. So keeping an eye on Coach Shrewsbury, who, as we discussed a lot last week, uh, has a Jeffersonville background. He was uh, at uh, the Jeffersonville Middle Schools until his uh, through his eighth grade year before he went up to Indianapolis Cathedral uh, after a move by his family. But neat to see him have the success that he's had in the Big Ten tournament and now the NCAA tournament. And uh, he obviously is a hot name. His name is mentioned for Georgetown and Providence and other jobs as well. But it looks like he's either going to be back at Penn State or perhaps make the jump to Notre Dame for next season. We'll head to a break and come back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We've got local sports on tap with Josh coming up in the next segment. Don't forget, if you missed the live show and you want to go back and hear a show or a segment, you can always do so as a podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. So no matter, matter how you're with us, we hope each day we'd love to, uh, love to have you with us live on the Big X or recorded uh, on demand via podcast. And don't forget the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a quick break, and we're back with Josh Cook on local sports and high school basketball and a little high school baseball as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday edition of the show. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Josh, the state basketball championships, 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A, are set. And unfortunately for far southern Indiana, and I'm not just talking about Clark and Floyd, the areas that we focus the most on, but I'm talking about really a, a wider swath of Southern Indiana that runs up Interstate 65, including Hoosier Hills Conference Schools and Mid-Southern Conference Schools and others. We really don't have anybody that local or anybody to get behind, and it's been a while since we could look at a state championship situation from 1A to 4A and say that. So going to be always fun to follow the state finals. I'm looking forward to that 4A game, Flory Badunga and Kokomo, against uh a very good ben davis team that's undefeated we'll see if they can finish the job there but it's it's a different feel for sure for the state finals this year
2: yeah uh, i guess the run is over no more no more teams from uh from southern indiana uh no but uh yeah i I figured Brownstown would get there uh if anybody but it it didn't work out so you know i guess we'll we'll uh we'll wait for next year on that Mm -hmm. one but uh yeah, I am definitely definitely interested in that four A game too. Um, you know you know there's gonna be some uh, uh a lot of D one coaches there, uh, you know, who knows, Cal Perry or uh Mike Woodson, one or both of those guys probably be there to watch the uh, Dunga in that four A game, so you know that that should be a really really big one, so um yeah, that's the one I'd, I'd like to see, too. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's not the same. But uh, but we'll, we'll wait for next year and, and see how it goes.
3: Absolutely. Should be a fun day of basketball in Indianapolis coming up on Saturday. Josh Cook, sports editor of the news interview, my guest. Josh, uh, from a basketball standpoint, got a text here. Can you please ask Josh about anything he knows or is hearing on some of the local coaching searches. And I get that question a lot, especially the New Albany opening. Uh, but what do you know, what have you heard, and maybe what do you expect with those jobs?
2: Yeah, I don't know if, uh, I don't know when they'll be filled. You know, it's going to be It's interesting to see, you know, this time of year because obviously, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the college the college basketball version, you know, Patino uh, uh, leaves Iona for St. John's. Uh, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see who, uh, you know, you, you kind of got to wait and see who's, uh, you know, who's who, who's going to leave their job for another job. But yeah, I don't, I, you know, I can't specifically say, you know, who who or when those will be when those will be filled. But you know, it it should be, um, you know, I, you know, I would think by at least April or May they'll both. New Albany and Floyd both would be, uh, you know, would be filled by then. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who gets those jobs. You know, obviously, you uh, going to New Albany. You know, you're taking over for you'll be taking over for uh, for a legend for Jim Shannon. So, you know, that's that that's going to be uh, uh, you know a lot of pressure on whoever takes that job. But uh, you know, it, it, uh that's just kind of a wait-and-see at this point. But, um, you know, I, I expect I expect uh, some two good candidates to, to fill both positions. And, uh, you know, uh, Floyd and it, both teams, um, you know, the, they should have decent uh, amounts of talent coming back next year. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, especially in Albany, I think they've got some, some some talent coming back next year from the season. So, you know, whoever gets that job is going to have uh, you know a good shot at coming in and and uh, you know having a winning season next year. But it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, sorry, I don't, <laughs> I can't specifically say uh, gonna give much more of an answer than that. But it's going to be interesting to see who fills those positions. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Always interesting when local high school jobs come open, especially a couple of the big 4A programs here in the area in the same year. Josh, we got to talk baseball because uh, the New Albany Jeff Scrimmage is today. Both of those teams, I think, should have good seasons. I think the Red Devils could be really good this year under first-year coach Shane Stock. and Of course, New Albany has a new coach, former player Tim Redford coming back. Uh, he had been down south coaching some college baseball to take over the Bulldogs program. So, hard to believe we're there, but uh, baseball is on the horizon, and next week marks the official start of games across the area.
2: Yeah, next uh, Monday, I think, are the first games that are possible. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe it's already here, but, uh, you know, uh, softball started Monday and it's going strong now, and baseball gets started next week. Um, yeah, Providence and Silver Creek are supposed to scrimmage today as well, so that's another that's another interesting one too. But yeah, I mean, I think all four of those teams—you um, all Albany Jeff, Providence, Silver Creek, uh, Brook Gordon in there, and Floyd Central too. I think you know we're going to have some good, uh, some very good baseball teams around here, um, as you know, as we always do. We've had we've had a great run here. Uh, with with baseball probably even better than we've had with uh, basketball teams in recent years so you know I wouldn't be surprised at all to see you know one of these teams you know make it to a state final I know we've had we didn't have uh, uh, a team last year but we were close and uh, I think uh, I think we might have one have one back in the state finals this year Uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting and exciting, but there's, uh, yeah, there's plenty of talent, lots of, uh, I know, I think, uh, in the preseason baseball poll, I think we had a couple, we had like three teams ranked in the top 10 board and silver Creek and, and Floyd central, I, I want to say. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's great. And, uh, I, I expect to see some, uh, Quality baseball here in the next uh, in the next two months or so, maybe three months. Um, you know, so it's it's yeah, it's definitely like an exciting time here as we uh, you know in in the basketball season and head on to the fall and the excuse me in the spring sports.
3: Absolutely, talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read more about a lot of the things we talk about at newsandtribune.com dot com slash sports, and of course. In the daily print edition of the newspaper, Josh, I know that spring sports obviously take over uh, in the coming weeks and uh, everything gets rolling. And as we get into the spring weather, before you know it, it's summer and schools are out and it's into a whole different season of things. But across the area this year, I know you'll be focusing not just on baseball, but softball. And so many other spring sports as well. As you start to preview these sports and interview these coaches, are there any storylines from baseball and other spring sports to pay attention to this uh, upcoming
2: few months? Oh man, so many. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of big, uh, interesting storylines that I'm I'm intrigued about. Uh, just just speaking of baseball wise, um, you know, I I know. There are, as I mentioned, those are there are some teams that are you know ranked in the ranked in the preseason. You know, um, uh, Borden. I expect Borden to be very good in Class A. You know, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see uh, to see Coach Stotts' team uh, make a run to the uh, the you know the sectional, the regional, semi-state, um, you know maybe even end up at uh, in the state finals. Uh, I think they got a they got a quality team. You know they got some guys back from last year. Uh, no, um, you know they, they they graduated a couple, but they've got Alex Schuler coming back and some other guys, so they'll they'll be solid. Um, you know in in uh, in two A, Providence Trey Watson's taken over there, and you know they they've got they've got a ton of talent. You know they've got uh, at least four or five kids who have committed to play college baseball, uh, so they'll. They'll be really solid. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a run as well. In um, 3A, you know, Silver Creek, you know, Coach Decker, he's, he's always got talent there, and and they'll have some again this year. You know, Jake Burton's going to going to Indiana State, and I think they'll be really good. Um, uh, they've got some other guys who are going to play college ball as well. Uh, Dane DeWeese uh, is one of those kids, and, um, you know, both of those kids, Jason and Dane, had had great years last year. So you know they'll be looking to to continue that, continue those uh, in their senior seasons. And then yeah, Jeff uh, Jeff should be really good with uh, the new coach Stock there. Uh, they got some talent, Brett Denby. You know he's obviously a D one player going to going to Georgia. And then you know we've got uh, we've got Fort Central. Uh, you know Casey with has got. They've nice, got a nice crew up there. So, you know, Bishop Letson obviously leads the way, but they've got some other kids who've committed to play college ball as well, and they're, they're really good. I tell you what, I mean, uh, you know, those uh, – Rodney uh, won it last year in that sectional, obviously. It was, it's a tough one, but, uh, you know, they should be – you know, they, they obviously lost a lot with Tucker Bivin and those guys to graduation, but they'll still be solid – uh, they get Landon teasing coming back. so um, you know it's gonna be an interesting sectional four uh, a, that's for sure. you know any of those teams could win it. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win it. but uh, you know those are the those are the big teams to watch out for, uh, I would say in baseball. and then you know uh, see, we'll see how far they can go, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see some at least. Uh, at least one, two, three, you know, I will not be surprised to see three teams make it to the regional or semi-state possibly. So, you know, I think we're we're set up for a great year of uh, high school baseball in this
3: area. Josh, I want to get in a couple texts from the Thornton's text line. Uh, Josh, can we please see a written piece this spring on two college coaches with Jeffersonville ties who have had great success? One is Micah Shrewsbury of Penn State. Of course, we talked about him last week a lot. And even some today, and also Kyle Brummett of Wabash. Uh, he's uh, a guy with lots of local ties, and has done just a fantastic job at the small school there in Wabash. So there's a uh, there's a reader comment for you. Uh, somebody would like to see that piece. I bet you can make that happen, Josh.
2: No, you better believe it. That's yeah, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, Chris Shrewsbury. heck, he may end up at Notre Dame. We'll see about that. And then, uh, yeah. It, at Wabash, they had a lot. Of, they've had a lot of success. What they made it to the D three final, I think, last year, and uh, they were they were close again this year. So yeah, those are those are definitely two guys to watch out for. And then in the in the tournament, we've got uh, we've got the uh, uh, the Florida Atlantic coach, you know, the former uh, Dusty uh, May manager for IU, and then we've got uh, what uh, Anthony Winchester, you know, former Austin star. He's a uh, uh, Video operations guy at uh, Kansas State and baby Kentucky in there in the Sweet 16. So we've got a few uh, few local ties there to the Sweet 16. So that's awesome, too. Yeah, that's a, it's a great text. Thanks for that. Absolutely. Josh
3: Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, thank you so much for being with us today. We'll catch you next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Matt. Have a great one. And uh, what other text uh, on the Thornton's text line Don't forget about Bishop Letson. He's a player to watch, throwing the ball in the mid-90s, top 50 in the nation, the texter says, I agree. Letson is a great pitcher, a great prospect here in the area, and he will be a big reason why I think Floyd Central will be an absolute great team here in our local area this year. Have a great Wednesday. Be back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.